This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, here's a nod to all the lovers of odors out there. Cowboy shows on radio gathering huge audiences from Roy Rogers and Dale Evans to Gene Autry, the Sons of the Pioneers, to the show we're going to feature tonight, Gunsmoke. In the late 1940s, CBS chairman William S. Paley, a fan of the Philip Marlowe radio serial, asked his programming chief to develop a hard-boiled Western series, a show about a Philip Marlowe of the Old West. Well, the series was created by director Norman MacDonald and writer John Meston. They wanted to create a radio Western for adults, in contrast to the prevailing juvenile fare, such as The Lone Ranger and The Cisco Kid, Gunsmoke was set in Dodge City, Kansas, during the thriving cattle days of the 1870s. And Dunning notes, the show drew critical acclaim for unprecedented realism. The radio series ran from 1952 to 1961. John Dunning wrote that among radio drama enthusiasts, Gunsmoke was routinely placed among the best shows of any kind at any time. William Conrad was one of the last actors to audition for the role of Marshall Dillon. With a reasonably powerful, resonantly powerful and distinctive voice, Conrad was already one of radio's busiest actors. Although writer Meston championed him, uh, director McDonald thought Conrad might be overexposed. But during his audition, Conrad won over McDonald after reading only a few lines. Dylan, as portrayed by Conrad, was a lonely, isolated man toughened by a hard life. McDonald later claimed much of Matt Dillon's character grew out of Bill Conrad. Well, let's put him to work right now on the episode Never Pester Chester. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. That's with a U.S. Marshal and the spell of... Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Sure is hot today, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Used to get hotter in Sweetwater, though. Texas? Yes, sir. But I wasn't there very long. No. <laughs> What'd you do there, Chester? Oh, I was a salesman, Mr. Dillon. Salesman? Well, what'd you sell? Lightning rods. 
Latin. Oh. Well, now, there are good things to have, Mr. Dillon. Why, I had a line of Latin... Why, now, don't explain it to me, Chester. (laughs) Too hot. Well, I'll go get us some beer. Maybe that'll help. I don't think I want any beer, Chester. Well, then, why don't you just go take a CS, Mr. Dillon? I'll stay here in the office. (laughs) Why don't you just leave me alone, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, what do you want, Doc? A couple of cowboys been feeding their liquor over at the Texas Trail. That's what saloons are for, isn't it? Yeah, they were giving Kitty a bad time. Oh? She got rid of them now. But they're down at the end of Front Street now, making remarks and pestering the town ladies. It just might lead to trouble. Well, I'm not going to walk down there in this heat just to lecture a couple of hard-nosed cowboys. I'll go, Mr. Dillon. Oh, good, Chester. You go, huh? Just tell them to take it easy and leave the ladies alone. Yes, sir, I will, Mr. Dillon. Hey, lady, you ever been to Texas? Real men down there. Not like these short dress Kansas. <laughs> All right, boys. Now, that's enough. Who's this? A preacher, maybe. <laughs> Boys, Marshal Dillon sent me down here. And we're going to send you right back, fella. Mr. Dillon said you can have all the fun you like, but to leave the ladies alone. That's how dang trouble these Dodge ladies. They've been left alone too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what they need is a couple of big-handed Texas men. <laughs> yeah. Look, now, now, why don't you go over there to the Alphaganza? I'll buy you both a beer. You will, huh? Well, that's mighty thoughty of you, mister. We just don't want any trouble, that's all. Sure we don't. And I got an idea how we won't have any. Where till I get on my horse here? Stay with our friend a minute, Trevor. Hey, mister, Ah. I'll make a bet. What kind of bet? What do you mean? Any kind. You name it. Come on. Well, but I don't... I got him! He spilled his gun, Trevor. Pick it up and grab your horse. Get this rope off of me. Maybe you'll wear off, mister. You're going for a ride. Drag him, Tobo. Drag him. Let go! Got Chester. A couple of cowboys. They roped him and dragged him out of town. Come on. Well, well, which way? West. I'm going with you. Hurry. Come on, right. There they are, but they're not dragging anything. They must have cut him loose. Now, there he is, but that's sagebrush. Chester. Chester. Get that rope off his feet, Channel. Look at him. He's bleeding all over. They tore him to ribbons. I'll stay with him, Marshal, if you'd like to. No, Shiloh. Go get our horses. I want to get him back to the dock right away. All right, Marshal. 
It's all over, Chester. I got you now. We'll be at the docks soon. Easy, Chester. Easy, fella. Easy now. I'll uh, carry him when you get tired, Marshal. I won't get tired, Shiloh. Not for a long time. Well, Doc? Yeah, he's in bad shape, Marshal. The worst is something's bothering his breathing. I don't know what it is. We'll just have to wait and see if it goes away. If he lives the next few days, he'll pull through. Oh, Doc. I know, I I know, I know. I'll stay right here with him. Why did I have to send him? Why didn't I go? Oh, now, don't blame yourself, Marshal. I told him to go, didn't I? Yes, but... Uh, Doc, can I talk to him? No, no, Marshal, no. Not for a while. All right, then. Would would you tell him this for me? They're going after those men. I'm going to bring them back. Alive. Or at least half alive. In the street outside, waves of heat move back and forth, making things seem unreal. Like Chester lying up there at docks. That seemed unreal somehow. I walked down to the jail and I went inside and I sat there for a while. And then all at once I got up and unbuckled my guns and I hung them on a peg behind the desk. And I went over to the Texas Trail. I'm over here, Matt. Sit down. Matt, I heard about Chester. How is he? Doc doesn't know for sure. Uh-huh. They were in here bothering you. Who were they, Kitty? I never saw them before. One was a kind of weasel-faced man named Trevitt. And the other? Big man. Real brute. Named Stobo, I think. I see. What outfit, they say? Would it be the crow track? Yeah. The crow track's holding a herd up the river. <laughs> Thank you, Kitty. Wait a minute, Matt. Yeah? It's no business of mine to ask, but where are your guns? It would have been easier for Chester if they'd have shot him and killed him. But I don't see... So I'm not going to shoot them. If Chester dies, I'll see him hanged. Otherwise... Otherwise what, Matt? I don't know. But I'm going to bring him back and... And we'll wait and see. You're taking an awful chance. Maybe. Oh, Matt. Please be careful. Sure. Uh, kidding? Yeah, Matt. Look in on Chester once in a while, will you? Maybe oh, of course can... I will. Don't worry about him. Thank you, Kitty. So long. Uh, Marshal. What is it, Shiloh? I'll walk outside with you. 
Marshal, I want to ride after those cowboys with you. No, Shiloh, I'm going alone. But we could use you here at the jail. Here? I'm going to take two prisoners. I don't know when or how, but I need a jailer when they come in. So I'll bring them in with you, and then I'll... No. That's something I have to do alone. Marshal, you're a stubborn man. But okay, I'll do it. Keys are in my desk. Uh, Here's my horse. I'm going now. Yeah, wait a minute, Marshal. You're not armed. I know it, Shiloh. Goodbye. the trail boss here. Where is he? Here I am. And I don't need any riders. Maybe not, but you got two riders I need. How's that? Just what do you want, mister? That's the coat track outfit, isn't it? That's right. I'm looking for a couple of your men called Stobo and Trevor. They ain't here, mister. Now, where are they? They come back this afternoon, picked up the gatherings and left. Didn't even wait to get paid off. I'm telling you this just because they're no good, and I'm glad they're gone. Which way'd they go? I wouldn't tell you if I knew, mister. I didn't think you would. Who are you, anyway? I'm a U.S. Marshal out of Dodge. That's so? <laughs> well, I don't know what you want them for, and I don't care, but... How you going to take them, Marshal? Put salt on her tail? <laughs> <laughs> you ought to at least take a club if you're going after that Stobo. He's mean, he's big. Besides being a Texan. We've hung Texans up here before, mister. Marshal. Yeah. I heard Stobo and Trevitt say they were heading west, following the Arkansas. Where are you from, son? Texas. Near Waco. And what are you sniveling around and forming on these men for? That Stobo kicked me. Knocked me down and kicked me. All right, son. I'll ride along the air, Kansas. But you ride back to Texas and learn how to fight your own battles. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, the conventions start next Monday when the Republican Party takes over Chicago. CBS Radio's greatest reporting names and a core of technical experts manning mobile units and studios covering the convention floor and corridors are all set to bring you history as never before. Whatever happens, wherever it happens, you'll miss nothing when you tune in the conventions on CBS Radio starting next Monday. Now... The second act of Gunsmoke. I cut straight down to the Arkansas and followed it west. I rode close to the water where I could use the sound of it for only my cover. After an hour or two, I spotted a hobbled horse alone. Stobo and Trebit must have separated. 
I got down and followed the animal's tracks as best I could in the moonlight until I caught the dying coals of a campfire on the bank ahead. To one side, I could make out the huddled figure of a man asleep in his blanket. It took a long time to crawl to his head where I saw the weasel face of a man trepid. His gun belt lay on a saddle blanket in easy reach. I stood up and heaved it out into the river. And as Trevitt sat up with a snap, I kicked him back. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! You sit up again and I'll smash your skull, Trevitt. Don't kill me! Don't kill me! Shut up! Now, where's your rope? I told you to lie down! Now, where's your rope? Under my saddle there. He gonna lynch me? No. But you may hang legally if you live that long. Now keep your arms in that blanket and lie still while I get you roped up here. Who are you, mister? That'll do it. Let's just say I'm a good friend of a man you dragged out of Dodge this morning. Stobo was in on that, too. It was his idea. He did it. Don't worry. I'll find Stobo. You going to leave me like this? I'll be back. You ain't even carrying a gun. Too bad for you, I'm not. Now, Trevor, I'm going to throw you across my horse and tie you on. He'll take you under Dodge right to the jail. When you get there, tell Shiloh who you are if you can still talk. And he'll give you a nice, clean cell. You're the marshal. I'll be back when I find Stobo. You can't do it, Marshal. I'll die on that, son. Ride like that across a horse. No, no, listen. Stobo's about a mile upriver. We had a row and I left him. See, I, I told you, Marshal. Let me go now. Trevor, how would you like to go to Dodge behind my horse with a rope around you? No, 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 don't, no, no, don't, Marshal. Don't kill me. I'll pack you on now. <laughs> Tied Trevor across my horse and started him off in the direction of Dodge, and then I forgot about him. Stobo was next. I rode west on Trevitt's horse. Dawn was just breaking when I saw him. Crouched behind a campfire, cooking breakfast. His horse was saddled and stood nearby. I rode straight up, got down, and walked over. You lost, stranger? No. I'm not lost. Stobo. No tricks, mister. I don't see a gun, but no tricks. Relax, Stobo. I'm unarmed. Who are you? Matt Dillon. I'm a U.S. Marshal. Out of Dodge. You're a long way from Dodge, Marshal. Stobo, you and your pal had some fun with a friend of mine yesterday. You hurt him bad. Maybe you killed him. <laughs> you rode out here without a gun to tell me that? You're the craziest Marshal I ever saw. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you, Marshal, and bury you in the river. What do you think of that? I expected you would. Huh? But unless you want it on your conscience that you refuse to feed a man on the trail, you better give me a piece of that pork first. 
You're about the coolest man I ever saw, Marshal. Do I eat? <laughs> sure you do. Sure. You just stand right there across the fire and don't move. I have to shoot you before you've been fed. I know. It's too bad I only got one dish for your last meal, Marshal. A man can keep sassy on meat alone, Stobo. <laughs> yeah, he sure can. Well, looks about done. At least this here piece says you can't... All right, I got your gun, Sobo, so don't try anything. You burn me! You burn me! Just a few coals that won't hurt you. Now shut up and get on your horse. Oh, oh. kill you for this, Marshal. You can't hurt me like that. On your horse! Come on now. Get up there. Now you just sit there, Sobo. I'm going to throw a noose around your neck, so keep your hands down. There, now. Now, you ride toward Dodge. And you do anything I don't like, and I'll jerk you off your horse and drag you the rest of the way. Now, ride. Jail's on the left. You see it? I see it. All right, pull up. Shiloh! Shiloh! Well, hello, Marshal. This other one? Yeah. Trevor, get here. More dead than alive, but he's here. It was rough, Marshal. Real rough. Yeah. Shiloh. How about Chester? Tell me. Doc ain't sure yet, but he's alive. Lock Stobo up. I'm going over to Doc's. All right, you get down. Walk straight or I'll shoot you through both knees. Chester was asleep, but the Doc let me take a look at him. Seemed to me he had more trouble breathing than before. But the Doc said another day might see him out of it. And there was nothing I could do. So I went up for a steak and some sleep. And the next morning, I went back to the jail. Morning, Marshal. Everything all right, Shiloh? Doc looked over your prisoners. Trevor's pretty sick yet, but Stobo's all right. Got a few burns is all. Nothing could hurt that, Moose. A hanging might. Sure, but what if Chester pulls through? You can't hold us in, Marshal. There's no law that says... I don't you... like the sound of your voice, Trevor. But you can't Be hold... quiet. Don't worry, Trevor. You too, Stobo. Shut the door, Shiloh. I don't even want to look at him. That Stobo's a mean one, but I feel kind of sorry for Trevor. And go cry about it someplace else. I don't feel sorry. Don't you take it out on me, Marshal. I didn't send Chester off to do my job. I, uh... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry, Go get some breakfast, huh, Shiloh? I'll, I'll wait here now. Uh, I'll be back later. Doc? What? Well, what is the doc coming? <laughs> Chester. He's going to be all right. 
you sure? Well, of course, Marshal. His breathing suddenly changed. The pressure's off somewhere. Oh, he's going to be fine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> of course, he'll be in some pain for a while yet. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Doc. I'll, I'll come see him in a little while. I'll tell him for you, Marshal. All right, come on, Trevor. Where to? Come on, I said. What's up, Marshal? I'll be back for you, Stobel. Now get going. Come on. It was Stobel, did it? Not me. You, you can't do anything to Shut me. Shut up. Trevor, your horse is down at the National. Go get on it. You turning me loose? Get your horse and ride, and don't ever come back to Dodge, not while I'm alive. Now, go on before I change my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. Sure, I'll go. You're next, Stobo. What you do with Trevor? Put a knife in him? I turned him loose. Now, come on, get out of that cell. Am I free, too? You will be in a little while. So the doc, Marshal. Just as... Hey, uh, where are you going with Stovall? Going to shoot me in the back, probably. That right, Marshal? I'm going to do what I should have done three days ago when I sent Chester after you. Bring him outside, Shiloh. Let's go, Stovall. Slow and easy. Bring him over here, Shiloh. You're going to drag me, is that it? You try that. That's what I... you do, isn't it, Stobel? Don't try. Never mind. Shiloh, hold my guns. Here. What the... <laughs> oh, I get it. You're going to fight me. Well, Marshal, you're crazier than I thought. Why, I'll tear your throat out. If he wins, let him go, Shiloh. Maybe I will. I said you'll let him go. All right, Marshal, all right. Maybe you're crazy, but I guess this is your party. Come on, Marshal. <laughs> I'll make it short for you. Real short. Stand back, everybody. Get back, do you hear? You're big, Stobo. But you're stupid. You're ugly stupid. Why, you... I'll kill you! Give me my guns, Shallow. Here. You don't look too good, Marshal. I'd better get that doc. He's hurt, but he isn't dead. If he can't ride, throw him on a stage. Forget him out of here. If I see him again, I'll shoot him.
Chester? Can, can I come in? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. My, what happened to you? <laughs> I've been lecturing a couple of hard-nosed cowboys. One in particular. Oh, I, I see. I, I'm sorry, Mr. Dillon. Those two sort of got the drop on me. Yeah, it sure did. Mr. Dillon? Yeah? I've been thinking, and... And... Yeah? What is it, Chester? Well, Mr. Dillon, I, I, I'm not much help to you here. Maybe I better just... That's enough, Chester. Well, but I, I've been thinking... Well, that... just stop thinking. Yes, sir. Now, look, Chester, I'm going to tell you something. I, uh... I... I need you here. You see, you're the only man in Dodge I can really trust. The only one. Yes, sir. Well, you you can trust me, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I, I, I know. And I'm thanking you, Chester. <laughs> but you, you're sure no help to me lying there, you know. No help at all. Well... I, I don't even stay here long. The doc says I'll be up and around again. Look, uh, Chester, I, I I tell you what, I I'll go get patched up and then we'll make Kitty come over and fix us some steaks and we'll we'll have some beer too, huh? Well, what do you say? My, that'd be fine, Mister Dillon. My, I'd sure like that. Gunsmoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Paul Dubov, Lou Krugman, and Georgia Ellis, with Don Diamond, Gil Stratton, and Jack Crucian. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNear is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. This delightfully funny little secretary is heard from every Sunday evening here on CBS Radio. Audrey Totter stars as Millie, a gal with a one-track mind on the subjects of love and marriage, especially where the boss's son is concerned. Remember, you can now meet Millie every Sunday night on most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, tune in history starting next Monday. Hear the Republican Convention on the CBS Radio Network.
Stay tuned for The Life of Riley next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Life of Riley. The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Last week, Chester Riley's son, Junior, came home with some wonderful news. During the night, there'd been a small fire in his school, and now it's to be closed for one week for repairs. So Junior and his pal, Egbert Gillis, decided to take advantage of the holiday by going to a Boy Scout camp near Lake Arrowhead. News of this decision soon reached the ears of their doting fathers, and Riley Sr. said, I absolutely forbid it. Now, I don't want no arguments, Junior. It's time you learned there's somebody at the head of this house, and you've got to do what the head of the house says. And the head of this house says you can't go. And I agree with your mother. <laughs> and in the house next door, Egbert Gillis's father said... Egbert, I absolutely forbid it. Now, it's no use pestering me. Yesterday I forbode it, today I forbid it, and if you ask me tomorrow, I'll forboot it again. <laughs> But teenage boys are persistent. And then Riley said, Please don't go, Junior. I'll miss you. I see so little of you. I thought this week we could pal around together. So don't go. I'll double your allowance. I'll triple it. Just think, Junior, 60 cents a week. <laughs> and next door, Gillis said, Eggboy, Eggboy, sweetheart. You don't want to leave your papa. If you stay, I'll buy you a nice present, huh? What do you say? Don't go, and I'll get you a brand new lawnmower. <laughs> But the boys were stubborn. So finally, each father had to put his foot down. I don't care what your mother says. You can't go, Eggboy. Nothing will make me change my mind. It's no use, Pagan Jr. I said you can't go, and that's final. I have made up my head. <laughs> Bye, Junior. Goodbye, Eggboy. Goodbye. 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 Let it go, Gillis. Yeah. They couldn't wait for the bus to pull out. Fine kids we got. They get a week's vacation, and instead of staying home where they can spend a little time with their fathers for a change, they rush off. Yeah. And where do they go? To some wild wilderness, where there's nothing to look at but weasels, coyotes, and skunks. Instead of, <laughs> instead of staying home and looking at us. <laughs> I'm telling you, Riley, this here younger generation, they're ungrates. Pure, adulterated ungrates. Yeah. You'd think they'd have a little affection for us after all we'd done for them. Yeah. Remember when the cop come after them for stealing a donut from Dingle's Bakery? Yeah. Who swore they was innocent? I did. And who ate up all the evidence? I did. <laughs> Could you think they remember that? Yeah. But when we was kids, we loved our fathers. You bet we did. I always thought of my father as an idol. Mine never waked neither, but I loved him just the same. <laughs> my father went, I wanted to go. Yeah, me too. He used to take me to all the ball games. Every game we were there together. He'd sell the hot dogs and I'd smear on the mustard. <laughs> Believe me, Riley, being a father is only grief. You raise a son, you feed him, you dress him, you educate him. And in the end, what do you got? An empty room. <laughs> That's until he gets married, then the room gets crowded. <laughs> Gillis, our kids have got to be taught a lesson. They got to learn that you don't get something for nothing. If you want love, you got to give love. You're right. Love breeds love. We'll show those kids. They want to go, let them. 
We'll show them it don't bother us none. That's the idea. We'll show them we don't care. We won't even write to them. You bet. Besides, with them going, who'll we get to write for us? <laughs> yes, sir, Gillis, we'll show them. Yeah, it's easy to say, but I know you, Riley. You'll get soft. You'll crack. Oh, no, no, not me. Not this time. If anybody cracks, it'll be you. When it comes to Egbert, you always were a softy. Who, me? Yeah, you. Just yesterday, you took a filet mignon that was for your dinner, a dollar fifty a pound, and you put it on Egbert's black eye. Well, uh, it was only fair. After all, I gave him the black eye. <laughs> he walked into a door I was opening. But don't you worry about me. Well, okay. From now on, no sentiment. We're making a pact. It's a pact. For the next week, them boys don't exist. We're cutting them down from our family tree. Right. And when they've learned their lesson, we hang them up again. <laughs> Is that all you're going to eat? I ain't hungry, Dumplin'. What's the matter with you anyway? You've been mooning around all day. You won't eat, you won't talk. Why are you in such an ugly mood? I ain't in an ugly mood. Don't judge by my face. <laughs> Inside, I feel swell. Oh, you don't fool me. I know what's bothering you. You miss Junior. I do not. Why should I miss him? The minute he left, I put him out of my mind just like that. I never gave him another thought. Two days, twelve hours, and eight minutes since he left, and he hasn't written yet. So you do miss him. Well, what's wrong with that? After all, he's been with us 13 years now, ever since he was born. Why, I grew up with him. And he's a fine boy. Uh, the least he can do is drop a line to show that he remembers he's got a father. Oh, Riley, be sensible. After all, he's my boy, too. I love him and I miss him, but I don't get all upset just because he's away for a few days. Oh, yeah, you can talk like that. You've never been his father. <laughs> you didn't go through what I went through when he was born. Well, and I thought I heard everything. He just don't care about me. After all, how long does it take to write a six-page letter? Never mind a letter, a card, one word, regards. He don't even have to sign it. I'd know it was from him. Riley, I know you're very fond of Junior, but don't forget you've got another child. Who? Why, Riley! Oh, yeah, 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 Babs, yeah. Well, yeah, Babs, he's a sweet girl. You know, you, you've always been closer to Junior than you've been to Babs. Well, now's your chance to get to know her better. Well, gee, I love Babs, but... Well, well she's not like Junior. When we play catch, she throws the ball like a girl. And if we went fishing, would she bite a worm in half with her teeth like Junior does? Oh, Riley. Of course she throws a ball like a girl. That's because she is a girl. Yeah, that must be the reason. Girls need a father's companionship as much as boys. You ought to show some interest in the things that interest Babs. Go on, talk to her. It'll cheer you up. Yeah. Yeah, why not? What if Junior is gone? I can get along without him. I've got my little Babs. Oh, Babs! Babsy! In here, Daddy. Oh, hello, Babsy. You mind if I sit down? Of course not, Daddy. Oh, wait, I'll move these magazines. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I just thought I'd drop in and have a friendly little talk. <laughs> All right, Daddy. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, uh, um... Uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me. Peg, Peg. What is it? What'll I talk about? Oh, for heaven's sake, talk about anything. Talk about 
school. Yeah, school. That's it, yeah. Well, uh, tell me, Babs, how's school? Fine. <laughs> well, that one's shot. Anything special on your mind, Daddy? Huh? No, 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 nothing at all. My mind's a perfect blank. <laughs> I just wanted to talk. Uh, uh, what's that you're reading there, honey? Oh, just a magazine. You wouldn't be interested in it. Well, who wouldn't? I'm very interested in magazines. I read Esquire every week. Daddy, Esquire only comes out once a month Yeah, I know I, I read it four times <laughs> Well, this is a fashion magazine Oh, fashion Well, let me see Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that around Hopper's Buzzer <laughs> Bizarre, Daddy Well, you mind if I look at it with you? Oh, Daddy It's mostly about women's clothes You wouldn't care about that No, no, I do I'm interested in everything that interests you You tell me all about it, huh? Well, they've got two of the most gorgeous dresses you've ever seen They're divine Well, tell me more I'm all ears <laughs> Well, I can't make up my mind which I like best Now, this one here is a taffeta with a sweetheart neck and a dirndl skirt Huh? But this one's a file dress with a bustle back, leg of mutton sleeve, and a cowl neck Which one do you like? Well, uh, well, you you look beautiful with mutton legs and a cow's neck (laughs) Well, I'd like to see you in in, in this one here Oh, you would? Oh, Daddy, you're an angel It's only $30, but I never agreed to buy it for Just a minute, Beth Oh, you're an angel, Daddy I've got to phone away and tell you you're going to buy it Now, wait, Beth Oh, well, so I'll wear this suit another four years Dear, did you have a nice talk with Babs? Uh, some conversation. Three minutes and it cost me 30 bucks. <laughs> I could have phoned long distance for that dough. Only I don't know anybody who lives further than Glendale. <laughs> hey, wait, I do know someone. Junior. I could have phoned Junior. I still can. Oh, if I could just hear his voice. Well, go ahead. It only cost a dollar. Yeah, I, I could... No. No, no, I, I can't. Gillis might find out. Well, what's Gillis got to do with it? Well, we sort of agreed that we'd teach those boys a lesson, show them that we don't miss them. Oh, that's ridiculous. Never mind, Gillis. Go on and phone. But we made a pact. We shook hands on it. There's only one way out. I'll be a diplomat. I'll break the pact. (laughs) But we've got to keep this from Gillis. Stop worrying about Gillis. Go on and phone. Okay. Well, dial the operator. Shh. First, I want to make sure that Gillis ain't listening in on the party line. Ever since we both got the same party line, he's always listening. Yeah, okay, the coast is clear. Anderson? I, I, I want to put in a person-to-person call to Junior Riley at Camp High Point in Lake Arrowhead. I am sorry. There is some trouble with the lines in Lake Arrowhead. There will be a two-hour delay. A two-hour... Uh, oh, that's... Uh, Six o'clock, yeah. Well, okay, call me back when you get him. Gladstone 9989J. Poor Gillis. <laughs> he must be suffering. But it's his own fault. He just ain't smart enough to think of a double cross like this. <laughs> That's no use. Ever since my egg boy's gone, I can't stand it no more. Living in an empty house with nobody but my wife. <laughs> I don't care what I promised Riley. Oh, I, I want to talk person to person to Egg Boy Gillis and Percy. Camp High Point, Lake Arrowhead. 
sorry, sir. There will be a two-hour delay. Okay, I'll be here. This is Party Line Gladstone 9989K. I feel better already. <laughs> Poor Riley. <laughs> well, what he don't know won't hurt me. I, oh, oh, you uh, you out here, Gillis? Oh, hello, Riley. Yeah, just taking a nose full of fresh uh, fresh air. Uh, it's, 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 it's a nice night, huh, Gillis. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gillis, why don't you go for a nice long walk? Get, get away from the house? No, I, I think I'll hang around the house here. Uh, why, why don't you go for a long walk? Oh, no, no. I, I, I think I'll hang around, too. Well, uh, Riley, how goes it? You, uh, missing Junior? Who? Junior? Oh, my wife's son. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, you missing Egbert? No. Why should I miss him? We agreed to put him out of our minds, didn't we? Yeah, it's the smartest thing we ever did. It just goes to show you what willpower can do. Well, sure. <laughs> what time is it, Riley? Uh, three minutes and ten seconds to six. Uh, well, well, what time have you got, Gillis? Three minutes, nine seconds to six. I'm a little fast. What time is it now, Gillis? Two minutes to six. What time you got? A minute and 59 seconds to six. What's the matter, Gillis? Your ears are quivering. Nothing, nothing. Oh, excuse, excuse me, I just remember. I gotta go to bed. See you later. Oh, it was my phone. Thank heaven. Hello? On your call to make Arrowhead, I am trying to locate your party. Hold on, please. Yeah, okay, I'll hold on. Hello? Hello? Hello, is that you, pal? Yeah, yeah, this is me. Is that you, pal? Yeah, gee, your voice sounds so different. It sounds horrible. You're yeah. different, too. I can hardly recognize you. Yeah, I think we got a bad connection. Do you miss me, pal? I'll say I do. Do you miss me? Every minute. I'm so lonesome. Can you love me? Love you. Here's a kiss. And here's one for you. Uh-huh. Are you having fun? Well, what did you do today? Not that much. I've been hanging around with that big Jake Riley. Well, I've been... <laughs> Gillis, it's you. Riley, it's you. You double-crosser. You put in a call for your junior. Oh, yeah? Well, you're a double-crosser, too. You put in a call for your Egbert. Yes, but you're the worst, Mr. Riley. You placed your call first. <laughs> the next time I use the telephone, I'm going to write instead. Before Pral brings you the second act of The Life of Riley, I'd like to say thanks to all of you folks who have written to tell us how much you've enjoyed the new Life of Riley motion picture starring William Bendix with James Gleason and Rosemary DeCamp and John Brown as Digger O'Dell. We agree it's a very funny movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, don't miss The Life of Riley when it plays in your city. And now back to The Life of Riley. So all right, Riley, let's face it. So we both made a mistake. We broke under the strain and cracked the pack. Well, wait, Gillis, we, we didn't really crack the pack because we didn't actually talk to the boys. Yeah, that's right. The pack ain't cracked. It's still intact. <laughs> but from now on, we've got to be stronger than ever. And there's one way to make sure we don't give in. What do you mean? Well, we're both members in good standing of the BPLA. Yeah, but what's this got to do with the Brooklyn Patriots of Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> we're taking the supreme oath of everlasting brotherly trust. No, not that. Not the supreme oath. The Constitution says you're only supposed to take that in times of catastrophes, like earthquakes, floods, epidemics, and eviction. 
Yeah, but when a boy don't love his father, that's an emergency. Come on, the oath. Shake. Shake. Fingers to fingers. Toes to toes. If I break this pact, break my nose. Riley, we're home. I guess Daddy's out. Oh, that's funny. He said he's staying in tonight. Oh, just listen to that, Mother. I wish the landlord would install a new hot water boiler. That's not the boiler. It's your father snoring. He must be in the living room. Oh, yes, there he is on the couch. <laughs> just listen to him, Mother. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. Earplugs. <laughs> He's talking in his sleep. Well, what's he saying? Well, I, I can't quite make it out. Darling, I love you. Oh, he's dreaming about you, Mother. He better be. <laughs> when I come home from work, my first thought is of you. He does mean you, Mother. Oh, this sweet thing. Don't ever leave me. I can't live without you. Ah, oh, the darling. I'll wake him up with a kiss. Oh, thank you, Junior. <laughs> Junior? I give oh, oh, it's you. Where's Junior? I Oh, it's only a dream. I forgot. He's gone. Oh, now listen, Riley. It's all right to love your son, but you're overdoing it. Junior goes away for a few days and you act like the world's ended. You mope around the house, you talk in your sleep. You better snap out of it. Yeah, but he didn't even write. Not even a card. Kids Junior's age never write. You know that, Daddy. Now, there's nothing to worry about. The scoutmaster at the camp takes good care of the boys. Besides, if anything went wrong, they'd let us know. Yeah, I know all that. Well, then what are you so gloomy about? I miss him. <laughs> my own son ignores me. I was always so good to him. I treated him like he was my own son. Some son. He don't write. He don't phone. As far as he's concerned, I ain't even alive. According to my records, he's wrong. <laughs> Who's that? It is I. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, I, I didn't see you, Digger. Greetings, Riley. Going my way? Uh, no, I'm just strolling around a while while I walk. <laughs> you know, Digger, life is full of disappointments. A man tries to be a nice guy, be a friend and a pal. And then in the end, someone lets him down. Please, let's not talk shop. <laughs> I feel terrible, Digger. It's my boy, Junior. He went camping three days ago, and, gee, I miss him. Would you believe it? I saw him off at the station last Thursday, and since then I ain't even heard from him. Oh, don't let that worry you, Riley. I've seen lots of people off, and I never heard from them. <laughs> but I don't mind. As long as I know where they are, I'm satisfied. <laughs> oh, but I miss him so much. Being a father is nothing but trouble. Ah, fatherhood. Frantically summoning a taxi when the little woman tells you the moment has arrived. Desperately speeding to the hospital at 60 miles per hour. Impatiently pacing the hospital corridor until the stalk arrives. And then rushing back to the pinochle game. <laughs> I adore pinochle. It's, it's okay. <laughs> My wife says I should go up to camp and see Junior. An excellent suggestion. Yeah, but I can't. Gillis and me made a solemn promise to ignore our boys, to teach them a lesson for desertness, and I gotta keep my word. Besides, Gillis is watching me like a hawk. I see. Uh, but suppose Babs wanted to see her little brother. 
Naturally, you'd have to chaperone her on the trip. Yeah. Yeah, and then if Gillis found out, why... Hey, that's a great idea. We'll leave first thing in the morning. Digger, you're a real pal. Someday I'll do something for you. I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Babs, I want to reach the camp before it gets dark. Oh, I'm exhausted. I still don't see why you had to take me along. I keep telling you, Babs, if Gillis finds out, you're my alibi. Well, let's go on. Yeah, now remember, keep close to me. There's wild animals around here. Wild animals? Well, sure, wolves and bears and coyotes. Bears? Well, now, don't be afraid. If a bear should jump out at you from the bush, start running. And don't worry, I'll be right in front of you. Now, come on. <laughs> let's go. Oh, gee, I can hardly wait to see Junior. Oh, I think I see the camp, Daddy. Where, where, where? There. You can see it through the trees. Yeah, that's it. Hurry up. Come on. Wait, Daddy. What's wrong? Listen. There's something in those bushes. There, 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 there is? Oh, it's some kind of an animal. Maybe it's a bear. A bear? No, 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 no. Don't be afraid. You stay here. I'll run and get help. It's coming toward us. It's looking at us. I see its hairy face. It's got long fangs and beady red eyes. Why, Mr. Gillis? Riley! <laughs> bear! Gillis! I thought you was a bear. I'll never trust you again. The minute I turn my back, you follow me. Oh, Riley, what's the use? Let's admit we're licked. I, 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 I can't stand it. After all, egg bites my own fleshy blood. My only male son. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Gillis. Why fight nature? This has been the lonesomest week of my life. Look, there's the scoutmaster over there. Let's go ask him to get the boy. No, no, wait a minute, Gillis. Babs, you go get him and walk past this tree, and then we'll jump out and surprise him. Huh? Oh, all right, but you stay right there. Yeah. Oh, gee, Gillis, I hope we did the right thing in coming here. I hope so, too. Eggbait and Junior might not like it. Yeah, they might resent us, making sissies out of them. Maybe we better go home. No, no, no. We come this far. Let's stick it out. Yeah. Daddy. Hey, here comes Babs. Oh, Daddy. Where's Junior? Where's Eggboy? They're gone. Gone? What do you mean? Where'd they go? They ran away this morning. They went home. Home? They ran away home? Home? But this I came through ten miles of poison ivy? <laughs> well, don't you see, Gillis? They went home because they couldn't stand being away from their fathers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they missed us. They love us. Yeah, and we were worried. Oh, this is the biggest thrill of my life. Here's the note they left. Yeah, let, let's see. Let's see what the little darlings say. We're going home. We can't stand it any longer. We miss our mothers. <laughs> their mothers? They love their mothers? What a revolting development this is. <laughs> will return in just a moment. There's a glamorous air about Prell washed hair. Yes, that's what you'll discover when you use Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Because Prell helps hair to more glamour two ways. First, even in hardest water, Prell leaves hair more radiant than any leading cream shampoo. Yes, with Prell, your hair is radiantly soft, radiantly smooth, so easy to comb and manage. And second, Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Doctor's examinations proved it. Try Prell yourself. As Tallulah says... 
I'm Tallulah the Tuba Proud, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me, Tallulah the Tuba Proud Shampoo. I'm home. Is Junior here yet? Yes, he's sound asleep. Did he tell you why he left camp? Well, yes, he did, yeah, I but... guess he loves you more than he loves me. Oh, no, Riley, don't be silly. Oh, I don't mind. That's life. You find it in every family. Anyway, it works out even in the end. The boy loves the mother the most, and the girl loves the father the least. <laughs> Folks, this is Riley, alias William Bendix, saying goodbye for a while and hoping you will be with us again when we return to the air Friday night, October 7th, over your NBC station. Tonight marks the close of four happy years of broadcasting the life of Riley for Procter & Gamble, makers of our favorite shampoo, Prell. And we wish our sponsor and you folks who have allowed us to visit you every week a wonderful summer and good luck to you all. See you in October. Shampoo has presented The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley and wishes them the best of everything when they return to the air next fall. And don't miss the hilarious new motion picture comedy, The Life of Riley, now playing in most cities throughout the country. Tonight's script is by Alan Lipscott and Reuben Schiff. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Digger Odell is John Brown, Babs is Barbara Eiler, Junior is Tommy Cook. Mitchell Lindemann directs with music by Lou Kozlov. And thanks to John Morris, Floyd Caton, and Ralph Reed of NBC. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.